Hi, welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I am Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight we're talking about beauty. A loaded topic. Loaded, a loaded topic. Loaded topic here. And some, I mean, someone can just say the word beauty, people get pictures in their head, or they their mind goes straight to what they consider beautiful or, or gosh, all sorts of things. It could be a human... That's beautiful, or what they wish they looked like, or yeah. There's so many sunsets. There's there's so many different things. Um, The dictionary definition is a combination of shape, color, or form that pleases the senses, especially sight. And um, let's let's face it: we are a society that's obsessed with it. We're obsessed with beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I, I found a really interesting survey. From Harper's Bazaar, they surveyed a thousand women on on beauty, okay, and what they think is ninety mm-hmm. percent of the women. There's there's such contradiction here. I think it's really telling. Ninety percent of the women said the real beauty is looking like yourself, but the best version of it. Mm-hmm. And um, one woman said, "Real beauty is enhancing how you look." Okay. When you remove your makeup, you shouldn't look like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah. On average, women spend $759 a year on beauty products. Hmm. That doesn't really surprise me much. No. Um, but women are obsessed with it in a lot of ways. Um, let's see. One of the stats here said that 60% of all women are on a diet right now. Mm-hmm. Seventy-five percent are said it's for physical reasons. Um, only twenty percent of, of women are currently happy with the body that they have right now. Wow, twenty percent. Sixty-two percent wish they were thinner. Mm. Um, millennials are the most self-critical. Really, eighty percent of millennials shared that they have negative feelings about their their body image. Versus baby boomers who only said 68%. Oh, you think wow. baby boomers are probably in their 70s, so there's a big difference there. But And in this world of social media, where yeah. pictures are all over the place, um, a lot of people are using filters. I have no idea how, so I've never used one. But it said 78% of the women said that they take selfies, but younger generations uh, filter more. 46% mm-hmm. have edited a post. If you're in your 20s, 82% have edited their posts. Mm, they like found a way to picture. make themselves thinner or whatever oh in their pictures. Mm. And 36% of women in this survey in their 20s feel worse after scrolling through Instagram. Yes, I believe so they're it. they're looking at social, social stuff again. Right. So, yeah. And, yeah, that's... Well, that shows that we... I think everybody wants beauty in their lives. You know, maybe they wouldn't say it that way. But those situations, we're looking at the wrong place. We're looking for it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything. Mm-hmm. And um, the New American Standard says instead of beautiful, it also says he has made everything appropriate in his time. And that's what got me thinking. Beautiful equals appropriate 
if you, you know, take the word out and put the word back in. And so that just made me start thinking, what... I think our version of beautiful or society's version is so limiting and narrow and really not God's version of beautiful. Well, it's interesting because we we have a tendency to base our value on whether something is attractive or beautiful 100% on vision. Mm, it's all mm-hmm. vision. It's all mm-hmm. what the eye sees. And... Yeah, that, that's we're missing so much depth there. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that can look really good and not be good at all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that might not look good, but are just awesome. So <coughs> limiting ourselves to vision only is is kind of a poor thing. Um, well, the one thing I think ahead. we all have to remember about beauty. The first thing we have to we have to remember about beauty is that each and every one of us is made in the image of God. Right. And that Gen, uh, Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him, man, male and female. He created them. So we are created in the image of God, and I don't think there's any other image that could be um, above that. I don't think there's any reason that anyone can look at themselves and say that they were a mistake or that they were not made the way they were. They're not made right. I think God made us the way he made us for a purpose and for a reason because that's what he wanted. Isaiah 4.2 says, Jesus Jesus is called beautiful in this verse. Mm -hmm. The branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel. The branch of the Lord. So I believe mm-hmm. that's Jesus in that. But in another part of Isaiah, it talked about he had no stately form, which means he was just average looking. He was not like, he wasn't a, a well, head turner. The difference between God's eyes and, and the world's eyes. Um, if we look through the Bible, you see all sorts of characters that are mentioned as being beautiful. Mm-hmm. Sarah is mentioned as being beautiful, not just by God in, in the, the book, in the Bible, but also by the Egyptians. Other people saw her as beautiful. Everyone saw her as beautiful. Yes. But Sarah was beautiful in more ways than just physically. Mm-hmm. Rachel. Rachel. Was mm-hmm. known as being beautiful. Um, Rebecca. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. David. Mm-hmm. God said he had beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. So beauty is out there, and everybody has everybody has something that is beautiful in them. Beauty is in the... If God is in you, beauty is in you. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, yeah. in the end, isn't that not, not what we're looking for? Isn't that what people are looking People want to be told that they're beautiful. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've talked about that. People want to be told. that They want other people to acknowledge their beauty. Mm-hmm. Psalm 27.4 says... One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. But I think that's also why people go to beautiful places. They want to seek out beauty in the landscape. And they might not know they're seeking God, but there is an awe feeling that even people who don't know the Lord will feel when they see a beautiful moon, a beautiful stars, mm-hmm. mountains, oceans, all the grandeur of creation. 
I want to kind of switch gears here because I found a website. I don't know what this person believes about God, but uh, this is the name. I don't know if this is her real name, Saratoga Ocean. Okay, whatever. Okay, but is she had a post called Why is Beauty Important? And this, I want to read a lot from uh, some of the stuff I wrote okay. down because it's, 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 uh, here's one. I'm going back. This is from, uh, see, from thoughtcatalog.com. It was about beautiful. And this person is R3POH, something that leaves you in awe and wonder, reminding you of pure and utter perfection. That person said that's what beauty is. Sure. But this, going back to Sarah. And that's when people, people look at art. Yes. That way. Something that leaves you in awe when you look at that. Yes. You know? And But, again, that's a subjective thing. Right. Correct. Because some people can look at something and say, oh, isn't that beautiful? And other people say, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know? But um, it's creation. I guess creation is subjective, too. But but we see the beauty in creation. And I think people, even if someone prefers mountains to plains, they can still see the beauty in the other thing. And. I think that's the the biggest difference that we that I think we see there, and I think we should we should be looking for as a as an objective when we're looking for beauty mm-hmm. is we need to look for beauty. Mm-hmm. If you look for it, you will see it. Yes. If you look for imperfection, you will see imperfection. If you look for for perfection, you will see perfection. It's how you intend or what your intent is. Right. And I think that includes everything to include the mirror. Yes. If you when you look in the mirror, if you look for imperfections, that's what all you will see. Right. So I want to go back to this Saratoga okay. Ocean. Yeah, go ahead. Beauty is the manifestation of love in form. That, just think about this. Mm-hmm. This is very thought provoking. Beauty and love go hand in hand. In fact, one begets the other. Love begets beauty, and true beauty inspires love. The two together have the potential to create an upward spiral of joy. Beauty begins at the onset of creation because all real creation stems from love. I was thinking about that as you were talking Mm -hmm. about that, and I was thinking about the two times that women are spoken of as being beautiful the most. Wedding? One is a wedding, right? Mm -hmm. And they are done up. To the T's for mm-hmm. weddings, usually. It's a special event. The other time is when they're pregnant. I was just going to say that when they're pregnant. Yeah. That, you know, they talk about the glow. Mm-hmm. There is a contentedness. There's a confidence. There's a peace that shines from a pregnant woman. That's, it's, Would that it's be different. every pregnant woman? I don't know I think, if I agree. I think every pregnant woman is capable of that. I think there's something about that that... There is just something special about that time in life mm-hmm. that um, really, really brings out inner beauty. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, there's a, there's a life growing, and there's a special bond being formed that whole time. There's someone who's 100% dependent on you mm-hmm. from the very beginning of, of their creation at that point in time. And I think that's a special time. I'm a little jealous of it. As a man, I'm a little jealous of that. Always be. have been. Yes. Yeah. Here, now here's another one. This is good. True beauty is the reflection of our creator. Look at, now this is a good thought. Think of this. Look at the effortlessness with which we proclaim. That is so beautiful. We don't hold back. 
Mm. When we see something, it's not usually a person do this, unless it's a baby, mm. you know. But uh, yeah, but we see a beautiful uh, landscape, and we go, oh, that is so beautiful. Or we see the sun sunrise or sunset, and we go, wow, look at that. Look how beautiful it is. And I really do think that that is a cry out to God for God. But that that um, what is that? It's in your soul. It's like you're free to say, "Oh, that's so beautiful." There's I something think, there. I, I'm not trying. Well, I don't I know agree. what it is. I agree. I think there's something there. But I think the something there is is we're understanding that beauty and the fact that it. You'd, I wouldn't say that in the same way over a painting. No, no. Or no. over. A movie or a photograph. It's when I actually see God's creation yes. that I can really release and say, "Oh man, that is a beautiful, a starry night when there's when there's no light pollution." Yes. You know, um, a sunflower field. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this. So when the beautiful. sunflowers, we live in a in an area where it's kind of rolling plains. Uh, we've got our our badland type. Elevations and things like that, but for the most part, um, the land right around our house is is mostly farmed, and you know there's there's beauty in a field of of grain, a field of wheat that's just blowing. There's mm-hmm. there's a, there's as the wind blows through it, there's Gentle something special beauty. about it. The sunflowers are just so bold and so bright for a short time, but they are just so bold and so bright. You know, there's just when alfalfa you know, blooms and it's, everything's purple all of a mm-hmm. sudden. Or even some of the weeds, as much as I dislike our, our favorite little weed around here called Creeping Jenny, it has gorgeous little white flowers oh, on it. Pink too. Yeah. They're, they're wild. Here's uh, another one blowers. from Saratoga Ocean. It is so important to cultivate beauty in your life because it exists as your closest physical connection to God. As in physical, as in as something you can touch. Hmm. I don't know if that's true, but it is a connection to God. Whether you know God or not, because uh, beauty, it, true beauty. See, I, I, I think we need, I think if we were totally uh, in tune with God and totally in the mindset of Jesus, I think we could see a beautiful woman, a beautiful man, a beautiful a beautiful person, whatever mm-hmm. gender, and go, wow, she's beautiful, or wow, he's beautiful, in an admiring way, but no sexual way. Because mm-hmm. I think Jesus, when he walked the earth, and now, he noticed beautiful people, but mm-hmm. it wasn't in a lusty way. It was just like admiring the the beauty God created in that person as another creation. And I, I think so, I think so too. But I think I think that we have to go beyond the the visual again yes and see beyond the visual i think what the visual performances that god puts on at sunrise and sunset and the stars and and the beautiful puffy white clouds and on a on a beautiful summer day or or the sun you know reflecting off the snow on a on a fresh snowfall mm-hmm. just the the beauty that god creates that is so awe-inspiring because it is 100%. We accept 100% that that was created by God and mm-hmm. nobody could do that but Him. Right. I think, And I think every human being, whether they profess to be a believer or not, would recognize that that natural beauty that God creates is beyond anything that we could do as humans. Mm-hmm. 
And the problem that we have sometimes when we do see uh, physical beauty in another human being is um, we either discount it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just makeup. That's, oh, you know, if, yeah. if I could afford to have right. somebody do that for me, you know, or, oh, I bet they had surgery to look like mm-hmm. that or or something. Either it's either we discount that as being wrong or being too perfect or we completely miss all the rest of the person. Yeah. It can be distracting, actually. Yeah, but we just, we dismiss the humanity of it. Mm-hmm. We look at, if we look at human beings strictly on the outward, from the outward appearance, it is like looking at a painting. True. Because we're not considering it God-made, we're considering it human-made. Mm-hmm. And we are looking for what we like. Mm-hmm. Just like um, you could look at a painting and say, oh, I really like that one. And I could look at it and go, I just don't understand why you like that one. Um, The same thing happens when we look at each other. And unfortunately, the most painful part, I think, is when we look at ourselves. And that's, that's the disturbing part. Like when I was reading that survey, that was the disturbing part is that and I see it in myself as well. I mean, that's you know what I lo- what I what I would love to have a six pack. I really would, but I would not want to have the minimal caloric intake and the maximal amount of ab exercises to try and keep myself in a in a position because that's an unnatural way to be um, in human beings. It's just not it's not natural for us to get to that, and yet that's a that's a cultural ideal that's held up. And that is a cultural idea held up by humanity as something that's unattainable. Mm-hmm. So why do we put beauty as something beyond our reach? Well, here this is this is from let's see this is from that uh, thoughtcatalog.com about mm-hmm. beauty, and it's talking about a person. But well, you'll understand why I write this or share this. She mm-hmm. simply glows. Every slight imperfection becomes a perfection. And just completes her. I think... I think we have to look as God does. Because God tells, like told Samuel, don't look at... I don't look at the appearance, I look at the heart. Right. Or a man looks at the appearance. Looking at Saul and, yep. Yeah, well, he was trying to find in David's brothers uh-huh. the next king. And God's... You know, I think that's First Samuel 16. I think that's... I think I should. Yeah, he's that. going through the different brothers. The different brothers, yes. David wasn't even there at the time. No, because nobody but thought he was. He's going through because he said he would find one of Jesse's sons. So he's going and he's saying, "Well, look at this one. This one's got he's positive tall, qualities. And handsome, yeah. yeah, this got good qualities here." That oh, here it is. Yep, First Samuel sixteen seven says, "The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I've rejected him.'" For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, and when someone has a heart of love, no matter what they look, you kind of forget what they look like on the outside. Because whether they're a beautiful society standard or not attractive, they become beautiful when they're when when they're right on the inside. Here in First mm-hmm. Peter three three and four says, and let not your adornment be merely external, but let it be the hidden person of the heart 
with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. You have that one. one. Oh, yeah. 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 If, If we have that contagious love, contagious faith, contagious... That that part of Jesus, Jesus was irresistible to people, mm-hmm. regular people, not to the Pharisees because they just wanted to control him and he was not who they thought he should be. But the people felt loved by him. I think he, they felt, I don't think they ever felt like they're, they never felt like everything they did was accepted as far as sin, but they themselves felt like valued as people. And love well, and I him. think I think there's a quality in his character, too, that is was very appealing and very attractive to people. Um, first was the peace that Jesus would have had. Yeah, that he wasn't wrapped up in all these things. Right. And when you get around someone who is truly peaceful with who they are themselves, mm-hmm. they are an attractive person. You want to hang yeah. around that person. Confident person. Confident person. Someone who's confident and and calm and. And finds joy. And we know Jesus found joy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, I think, is a quality that um, you can't make money off of. No. So it's not going to be pushed in our society. Right. Un- unfortunately, I think many of the ideals held by our society are based upon money. Mm-hmm. How much they can sell you to make you look like this or be like this or or the car you drive or the house you have, all of it is based upon money. So we put value on things that have monetary value. And that's an unfortunate um, part of sin, I think, is that we stop looking for God and we start looking for man. Mm. And, you know, when God said, in uh, Genesis, when God, it says, God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. Mm-hmm. What God made was very good. Mm-hmm. Now, you may have experienced this more because you've been an artist a lot longer than I have. Um, you paint, and even as a photographer, things like that. But I'm finding something when I'm I'm just starting that hasn't been going very long. I mean, I've, I've done different things, but I haven't been doing um, the wood carving very long. But I'm finding as I do this, I'm getting... Because I get very detail-oriented when I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I like looking at things now. And, like, right now I'm working on a a carving and I'm I'm working. I got to the point where I'm afraid to go forward quite yet because I'm working on the eyes next. And the Mm -hmm. eyes are something that if you mess it up, you know, I'm not trying to make this one a caricature. I'm trying to make this one look good, so i got to have the right eyes. And in doing so, I, I, I've actually been looking at a lot of eyes. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at a lot. I've, I'm trying to find pictures of smiling eyes. I don't want the face. Mm-hmm. I want the eyes, even just one eye. Mm-hmm. And when I when I do, I'm seeing the crinkles in the corner of the yeah. eyes and seeing wrinkles and mm-hmm. seeing the different ages, seeing how how babies look when they're laughing, their mm-hmm. eyes, mm-hmm. how... how Elderly people look when their whole face is full of lines. The lines are all moving in the direction of a smile. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me, and I thought about I thought about that recently a lot because I'm kind of an intimidating looking person sometimes. You are not to me, but to other people. I can you are. be intimidating looking. I know that, and I I try and soften that all the time. Mm-hmm. If I'm out in public and I go somewhere and I hold the door open for somebody, I smile at them. I may not say a word. I'll smile at them. 
usually they smile back. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I, you know, two of us are going down an aisle in opposite directions, I'll smile when I say, excuse me. I use that to try and disarm the fact that I'm kind of intimidating looking. And I realized today, just today, I had to go in and get something at the dollar store. Wearing a mask, if you're not focusing on the eyes, takes that away. I know. You can't see a smile. I know. That's the one thing I hate. Now, some people, you can see a smile. If their eyes really smile, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it. But it's not, yeah. It's not quite the same. But I have noticed, since I've been focusing more and more on fine details, Mm -hmm. how much I enjoy imperfections. Yes. They're so much more interesting than just the bland, oh, perfect... Oh, how much how much beauty there is in a good set of crow's feet. Mm-hmm. You know, how everybody has a different eye shape and a different eye. Every color is different. Every shape is different. Every individual is different. In the same way that every, in every snowflake is different. God created so many variations on a theme. The now, you know, we, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something for both okay. of us. For those of you that don't know us. We're Trekkies. We like Star Trek. Yes. However, it would throw me for a loop if I saw that third eye or fourth eye or fifth eye on someone walking down the street that you might see on Star Trek, see an alien with a bunch Mm -hmm. of eyes or something like that. We do see two eyes as being beautiful. Mm -hmm. And one eye as being a pirate. I mean... Oh, I always thought of a cyclops. The patch. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, in general... Certain things are are symmetrical in the human body. We see things, two eyes, two arms, two legs. But that doesn't mean that someone with one eye or one arm or one leg or no arms and no legs cannot be beautiful. And I, I find it just amazing that when we look, when we stop and take the time to look at the little details, mm-hmm. and we start seeing beauty in it. I have two quotes because I just mm-hmm. think they're... First, uh, Thomas Aquinas says God is beauty itself. Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I mispronounce things right. often. Right. And Leonard Cohen mm-hmm. says there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Oh. Isn't that nice? Sure. And I think I think how we should view ourselves and other people is to remember first we're beautiful because we're God's made in his image, like you said. Mm-hmm. And if you can't see it right away, look for it. Look for that beauty. And just to, uh, don't look for, I guess, look for it so you can find God. Because when you find Jesus, you find beauty. You know, and maybe when we're seeking beauty, that's what we're seeking, is really we're seeking Jesus, and we just don't know it. I don't know. What do you think? I I agree, and I think, and I'm going to go to something here. Um, I consider you as my wife, as the mother of my children, as my best friend. I consider you to be a Proverbs 31 woman. I do. And Proverbs 31 is um, nothing but a list of the qualities of a, of a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. And society puts all sorts of value on different things. But in Proverbs 31, uh, in verse 10, it says, A wife of noble character who can find she is worth far, far more than rubies. What's the most valuable thing? Character. Character. The character. Who you are. Mm -hmm. Not what you look like. 
Now you can go to uh, the Song of Solomon and have a man describing uh, a woman that he finds attractive or a woman describing a man that she finds attractive. And those are very contextual because some people may have never understood the curve of a neck or fawns or all mm-hmm. the different things that they talk about there or antelope and right. you know there's there's some very contextual things when you look at those descriptions of, of physical beauty and that is a wonderful thing because god did give us a desire for each other physically um and for physical physical attraction between a man and a woman i mean that's there but a noble character is worth more than rubies her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value he lacks nothing of value because she is a woman of character. Mm-hmm. You could stop the whole thing right there. But it goes on and on and on about all the things that, that this woman of character does. But a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. If I was going to you know, give any advice to a young man out there looking for a spouse, looking for a significant other, looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with, look for character. Look for someone who, no matter what else happens in the world, the character stays. Mm -hmm. Not changing. Not changing, only getting better. Yeah. You know, only, only getting better and better. And I think that's where true beauty comes from, is when we... Well, we can really see the heart, the way God looks at you know, God looks at the heart, not at the outer outward appearance. When we were created in God's image, God put beauty into each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think if we look for it, we'll see it. If we mm-hmm. if we look for it, we'll find it. You know, I hate to go back to artwork again, but I look at paintings, and I look at the Mona Lisa, and I think, oh see beauty there all that much other than there's something about her smile Mm -hmm. there's a confidence in that smile i guess that's it some people say oh that's just oh that's the the pit i don't see that but i do see something because if i look at if if i took my hands and i do this sometimes when i'm looking at things and i block out everything but just that one little part Mm -hmm. that smile is pretty cool i -hmm. like that smile it's almost a smirk there's some confidence. Yes, there is a smirk. <laughs> there's something about, this is from beautifulchristianlife.com, mm-hmm. there's something about selfless acts of kindness that touches our souls deeply. This is beauty in action. And I think beauty, when we experience beauty, when we see beauty and experience it in a, in a just an honest way, it mm-hmm. does touch our souls deeply. And it will move us. And so I think that sometimes, you know, you can read a, a book that changes your life that or just really speaks to your heart. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or you hear a story or you see a movie that, that really touches your heart and changes you. I think beauty does that. But also you'd say that's love. I don't know. In God, God is beauty. God is love. God, all these things in perfect... Perfect beauty is God. Mm-hmm. Or God is perfect beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, and that's why we can we look at certain things. Like I said, the sunsets and sunrises. But then think about babies. Oh, babies. 
what a miracle. It's, it's an absolute scientific, impossible miracle that a baby is ever born. Yeah. That all the things fall into place. And yet, I don't care which baby it is. If I'm holding a baby, my heart is just melting there. Yeah. The same way that my heart would be melting um, if I was, you know, in that in that perfect sunrise, that perfect sunset. If I, you know, we but we've been places in the world, in different places in the world, and I remember the sky in Somalia at night because there was zero light pollution. They had no electricity. Well, but we are closer to the sky. We're at the equator. I don't think that was as much as the light pollution, but either way, yeah. But there was something. The stars were bigger. There was something about that sky. It was just so huge and so overpoweringly beautiful. I think the stars looked bigger. We were closer. I think maybe I don't know. I don't know. It was beautiful, but it was there's something about that. Or if you can, if you're actually at the ocean, and you're hearing the waves and and feeling it in the air, that constant rhythm like a heartbeat Mm -hmm. of the tide. There's a beauty there that's just overwhelming. Or that smell after it rains. Hmm. Yeah. All of those things. Or, you know, dew on a spider web. Mm-hmm. Oh, you that's know, beautiful. God can make the most mundane things absolute masterpieces. So why don't we see ourselves as being the absolute masterpieces that God created us to be? Each and every one of us is as much a miracle now as we were when we were tiny little babies being held in the hands of our parents. When I hold my grandson in my arms, that is just a miracle from God. And it was the same thing with every one of my children when they were born. Every one of my children when they came home, if they were adopted, it doesn't matter. There is an absolute miracle going on there. And we recognize that so easily when they are babies. Mm Mm-hmm. And we lose that so easily as we age. And we stop thinking about the fact that when you look in the mirror, you're God's baby. You're a child of God. And he looks at us the same way we look at a tiny little one that's in our hands, has little pink fingers wrapped around your hand. You know, you hold them in tight and you smell that baby head. All those wonderful things, God sees that in all of us. And I think the greatest tragedy as humans is that we forget. And there's this, the passage out of Romans 12.1. Um, when Paul's talking, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And there's a lot of meanings for that. There's a lot of different things. So we may have another one strictly on the body being a temple. Your bodies as a living sacrifice. But... Your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, mm-hmm. because that's the way God made you. Mm-hmm. God re- created yeah. Adam exactly the way He wanted him mm-hmm. to be in His image, and we are all descendants of Adam and Eve. We were created exactly the way God wanted us to be. So why? I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I lift weights because first of all, it makes me feel better. Secondly, I, I do like. Um, some of the things it does with my body as far as, as how my body appears. But as I age, I find myself enjoying it more for the feeling. But I need to stop looking at 
I guess I, I don't have a problem with someone who wants to improve their health for health reasons. Mm-hmm. But people getting surgery and implants and fillers and all those terrible things that they do to their own bodies um, just in an attempt to try and change the image in the mirror mm-hmm. is so sad. Yeah. If you want to change what's in the mirror, change what's looking in the mirror. That's a good idea. And you know what? The Don't change your face. Change your eyes. Yeah. The way you look you, at, right. at, at yourself. Yeah. I think uh, every single one of us, like you said, we all are created totally different. Tall, short, wide, skinny. I mean, all different shades of color, personality, hair color. I truly feel that the way God created each one of us, our, even our physical bodies, the way he made us, is the perfect way, uh, the best vessel for that light of his to shine through. It, you know, so if we are trying so hard to look in a different way, we're kind of messing with something. Because I think just the way we are, and and I do think you, you try to be healthy, uh, because the healthier you are, you know, probably the longer you can do things for Jesus, or or you don't have to be healthy. But I mean, we are supposed to take just care of ourselves. Take care of ourselves. Sure. But don't go crazy about it. But the the very way you were created is is the best way God can shine through you. Does that make sense? Yes. And and I think it when we downplay, oh, I hate the way my nose looks or my face or my body or my feet or I don't know. We're just, we are kind of treading on holy ground, really. We are. Because we are meant to be carriers of the light and the temple that God shines through. And if we spend all our time putting down the carrier, what are we talking about? Yeah. Are we not? Are we? Are we not just saying that we're not worth God's attention? We're not worth God. And it's putting, just, and that's not what God wants from us at all. God no. wants you to feel loved. He wants you to feel secure. He wants you to feel confident. Our hope, our confidence, all lie in Him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. And He said, "You are mine, and I will not let you slip out of my hands." That confidence, that that. Understanding that belief, that faith, is what we were meant to hold on to, and everything else, everything else is just gravy. Let's just enjoy the love and the faith that we have. And I think we should learn to laugh at ourselves. Well, of course. You know, as we get older, gosh, I find hairs in places that there never was hair before on my chin, or that's ridiculous, or my stomach's getting bigger, or aches here and aches pains there it's just you know oh. we are living in failing temples and i know but and it's it, it, i think that's all just just so that we can eventually appreciate even more the perfection that. that we would find when we get to heaven with oh. god when the time jesus. comes that we get to when we get to see jesus i think that's the time when we will truly have perfect eyes and what I mean by perfect eyes is I mean at that point in time we will actually be able to see the beauty that Jesus sees. Oh, won't that be amazing? We, you can read in the Bible about heaven and all the different 
things that are described there and things that read revelation 22 i love that and those are those are all wonderful but i really think the true beauty is going to be is when we're able to see to truly understand to truly comprehend and to truly see through the heart and the eyes of jesus yeah i agree Hey. Well, hopefully this this is something that that uh, you guys found interesting. We love doing these, and if you enjoy these, we'd sure love to hear from you. Share it with someone else. Um, our intention here is just to try and open our own eyes as well as others to to what God really wants for us in our lives. So we hope this is something that you enjoy. Thanks for listening. God bless. Bye.